Welcome to series four of I Am, I Have. I'm Lucy Donoghue and this podcast is brought to you by Happiful Magazine, Counselling Directory and the Happiful app, which allows you to find mental health support and read the magazine on the go for free. Through I Am, I Have, we'll meet with some wonderful people and find out more about who they are and the passions that shape their lives, as well as their reflections on their own mental health and wellbeing. Today, we're joined by Andrea McLean, who shares her thoughts on therapy, continually learning and finding lightness again. For anyone who is listening to this and is feeling that they will never, ever, ever feel light again, you will. Sometimes you need to just pause and notice it because it's there. You just can't see it right now. I can't thank Andrea enough for taking the time to talk to us and so openly too. We hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please rate, review, and share. It helps others to find us, and we read every comment you post. I am so delighted to be speaking with award-winning TV broadcaster, Sunday Times best-selling author, and CEO of female empowerment site, and newly released book of the same title, This Girl Is On Fire, Andrea McLean. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, and thank you for such an amazing introduction. I feel like I'm I'm going to walk on stage at the Oscars now or something like that. That was amazing. Thank you. Well, I mean, that's only a few of the the professional hats that you wear. I had to keep it quite short and succinct. But what we do on I Am, I Have is we, we ask you to introduce yourself in your own words and talk a bit about the things that you'd like people to know about you and, and not, not just your CV. Okay. Well, I am Andrea McLean. Uh, I am 51 years old. I have brown hair that's going a little bit gray. Uh, I also have um, four children, two of my own, two beautiful stepdaughters. I have a lovely husband who is sat next to me and I have a dog. And I also have an incredible website, which is all about making women feel amazing about themselves and putting the fire back in their belly again. And that's thisgirlisonfire.com and and the book that you've recently uh, released. And the whole fire analogy within the book is one that I particularly liked because you talked about the fact that we all have a fire, but it it can, we can be burnt out. We can become charred. And if our flame is too high, if we're really working ourselves, but also that, that that fire can warm us and it can nurture us and it can, you know, it can be a cozy kind of, um, driving flame rather than something that burns us the the analogy kind of came to me because and i'm so glad that you you sort of picked up on that it came to me because when we're feeling ragey and i think so many people are feeling really ragey right now you feel you feel like you're burning up inside and you're furious with the world and you feel just full of righteous anger and you you, this sort of heat that comes from inside you that either life is not working out the way that you wanted that the world is not working out the way that you wanted that your partner isn't behaving the way that you wanted that things are going so wrong but also there's this sort of heat that is generated when we try and overcome all the stresses that aren't working for us by keeping ourselves busier and busier and busier and busier and that in itself generates heat and what you end up like i did is burnt out and exhausted and for me, the, the sort of fire analogy really sort of hit home in that once you're burnt out, there's this sort of image inside of you that you're, you're charred and sort of just smoking and the light has gone out and you have no, no fire left in you to sort of push you forward. You just feel numb, you feel dark and broken. And that's when you need 
to sort of embrace the power of fire, which can be so warming and loving and caring and almost womb-like because it's something that can really slowly build inside of you and make you feel good about yourself again. So for me, the, the whole analogy of fire in the book is about it doesn't matter what you're going through, whether you're feeling this rage against the world and you're on fire that way, all your fire has gone out. And you, you need to almost listen to within yourself. For You know that noise that the boiler makes when the pilot light goes and it lights back up again. You don't even notice that your pilot light has gone out until it's almost too late and you're, you're sort of wandering around and you're just feeling that kind of empty nothingness. What you need to focus on is just something that you can change in your life that will get that back and the pilot light has come on and the boiler is coming back on and then the radiators are all coming on and then all of a sudden, your home is warm again and you're feeling good again and you're feeling strong and your mind is feeling active and you're then starting to look for the joyous, warm things in your life rather than looking for the, the darkness in your life. Because I am a big believer that where focus goes, energy flows. Whatever it is you are looking for, and trust me, if you are looking for rage and injustice, you'll find it. And if you're looking for darkness and unhappiness, you'll find it. You need to let that boiler sort of come to life again and uh, look for the joy. And that's how you'll feel on fire in all the right ways. I have a real vision of that as well. I have a real kind of sense of checking in with yourself and looking at where your, your levels are and if, what do you need to do to kind of get your pilot light going again. So it's a great book. It really is a great book. Oh, and thank you. We're going to start with your first I am, which is a really beautiful one. It's I am proud of myself of how far I have come, of how strong I have been, of what I have overcome, and of how far I'm going. Tell us more. I think that too often we don't give ourselves enough credit. We are either so busy striving and you know, marching ahead that we either, we, we set ourselves these goals and we reach them and we go, yeah, yeah, tick, and then we move on to the next thing. And then we yeah, hit that, tick off we go. And we never actually stop and take the time to think, do you know, a year ago, I never thought I could have done that. Or I set myself this thing and it seemed really impossible. And now because I've got so used to doing it, I just do it without even thinking. Stop and look back at, you know, how far you have actually come. You know, right now you are living somebody else's dream. Right now, you're doing something that somebody else thinks, oh my gosh, that would be so amazing. And you're probably taking it so for granted, you're not even thinking about it. Whether that is your health is really great right now, or you're in a really great relationship, whatever it is, that little corner that is really working for you. There could be a hundred things that aren't working for you, but you could have a little corner that really is. That little corner is something that there is somebody out there would literally give their eye teeth for. Really stop and appreciate that. Take a compliment when it is handed to you because you deserve it. You've done something. Don't do that British thing of kind of batting it away and going, oh, oh this old thing? Oh, no, I, I got that. Oh, I got it years ago. I got it in the sale. Honestly, it's even got a hole in the elbow. <laughs> Take the compliment. I'm terrible for, for, for doing that, or at least I used to be. Now, I, I do what a friend advised me to do. And she said, even if you're embarrassed to take that compliment, right at that moment because every bit of you is, is burning up with awkwardness. Take it and put it in your pocket and look at it later and think, yeah, I, I did look nice in that actually. Or yeah, I did do that thing that was nice. Or yeah, I was kind. Or, I did take some time out of my day. And so I think we need to learn to not 
bat away compliments and look at ourselves in the mirror and actually think how great we are. But not in that, you know, there are some schools of thought that say, look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I am awesome. I am amazing. That doesn't work for me because there's a little voice in my head that goes, no, you're not. <laughs> I think a lot of us you, have that voice. <laughs> you look great. No, you don't. So it doesn't really work for me to do that. But find one thing, even if it's just one thing, look at yourself and, and say, I have really nice eyes. My hair looks really nice today. Do you know, my eyebrows are incredible. Whatever it is, my elbows are amazing. What, whatever, whatever. Find something that you really like about yourself today and just give yourself a nod to it. You don't have to do, you know, the, like I say, the stance, I, mean, I couldn't think of anything worse, standing there naked in front of a mirror going, I am incredible. That really wouldn't work with me. But find something about yourself that you like and just focus on that. I think that's great. And again, that can be something for your pilot light. If you're feeling, if you're feeling that it's going off, just feed it, just feed it a little bit of pride. Stoke it up. So going from stoking up your pilot light to the way you speak and the way you speak up, your next I am is I'm not afraid of speaking up. I've spent much of my adult life in fear of saying the wrong thing, of being punished for this by those who were supposed to love me, of being judged by those who don't know me and of being not liked by those who don't understand me. I think that it's so multi-layered um, for me, that feeling of fear, because uh, I realized that, you know, I was, I was brought up by really wonderful parents and I have a great relationship with my parents, but they come from a generation where uh, uh, obviously they, they encourage me to do and be whatever I want, but I realized that that came, as I got older and looking back, that that came with parameters. So you can do and be whatever you want as long as we're happy about it. Um, And I think that many women grow up with that feeling of you can do and be and say whatever you want as long as everyone's pleased with and accepts and agrees with whatever whatever you're saying. And so that was kind of ingrained in me. And then through just being really unfortunate, um, I ended up in relationships with people who didn't always want the best from me and didn't always want me to shine or do, do well, even in myself, never mind professionally. So the fear grew because there were repercussions for speaking up and for speaking out and disagreeing. And that became so ingrained in me that I actually became afraid of everything, literally everything. And so my voice got quieter and quieter. Moving on to I am still learning. You say, I see midlife as a turning point, a chance to start again. I'm using all the life lessons I've gathered and I'm using them to teach others and help them overcome their fears. For me, I think that the, the minute you think that you stop learning, you're an idiot. That just proves how foolish you are because you know, who are we to think that we ever, that we ever, that we ever stop? You, you need to keep learning and adapting and changing and being fluid and taking on board. You know, if you think about it, there's billions and billions of people in people in this world and some are way older than us and they've experienced more things than we have. And some are younger than us and are looking at things with fresh eyes and you're just this one person. And if you're walking around thinking, I've got it all figured out, 
then you're mad because you're not taking on board all these other incredible perspectives that can teach you so many useful and wonderful lessons about about life and so for me i think it's it's actually really exciting accepting how much you've got to learn and i think even you know i'm 51 now and you realize that for a lot of your life, you sort of, and especially young people do this. And, and, and nowadays I worry about younger people because they don't, they don't seem to uh, surround themselves with people who may have a different opinion to them. Because there's a, there's a comfort in surrounding yourself in a sort of echo chamber of, of that warm, velvety feeling of, well, everyone around me feels the same way, so therefore I feel comfortable. But actually, you need to push yourself beyond that and deliberately force yourself to listen to people who have completely opposing views to you because it will it'll do a number of things. It will either reinforce that gut feeling in yourself that, no, actually, I really do strongly believe this, or it will make you challenge your beliefs and think, well, do you know what? I'd never thought about that before. And it will broaden your mind. And, and that's why I think it's really important that we, we mix with as many different people as we can. We listen to as many different opinions as we can and just keep learning and learning. And then going back to your last question, don't be afraid to, to, to speak up and say, you know, you don't have to push back rudely or anything like that, but to push back and say, that's a really interesting viewpoint. How did you come to that viewpoint? And have you ever considered X, Y, and Z? And I, I do worry that, there's a generation who don't understand the beauty of debate. Debating is how we learn. You know, I, I was listening to on the radio this morning about universities aren't allowing uh, people to come and speak who they feel will say something that their students may not agree with. That's the whole point of going to university or going to college or going out into the big wide world is that you will hear people speak who will say things that you might fundamentally disagree with. That's the point. You need to hear it so that everything that I've just said, so that you can either sit back and think, no, that's completely reinforced that what I think is right, or can challenge your views a, a little bit and broaden your mind. So, yeah, I hope that makes sense. It does. And that's one of the, the beauties of something like Loose Women, where you have different people having an opinion and a different opinion, but mm. it doesn't mean um, a fallout. It doesn't mean a complete rift in a friendship. And I agree with you. I think that's one of the things that perhaps we could all do with working on. And after yes. Brexit and coronavirus and things that have been very divisive, there's been a certain amount of, if, you, if you're not with me, you're against me. Yes. And I think maybe we could work on that. It, you know, that I... I would, let's agree to disagree, but I respect yes. your opinion. Agreeing to disagree is one of the most beautiful moments that can happen in a relationship. And, that, and I don't just mean that between husband and wife. I mean in friendship. I mean in work groups. I mean in communities. Finding that central point where you go, do you know what? I disagree with everything that you say, but let's just agree to disagree. That's how humanity moves forward. And if you don't, if you don't build that muscle to learn how to agree to disagree, that's a real worry because what happens then is people become polarized because they never understand what it's like to take on board someone else's point of view and, and, and let it sit with you and think, do you know what, we're not going to fall out over this because I really do like you. I just disagree with you on this point. And I can remember when I first started doing Loose Women, this was an eye opener for me. 
you know, because no, I, I was the same as everyone else in that all my, I, I mixed with people and friendship groups and we all felt the same way. And we all, we were all kind of, I don't use the word lightly. We're pretty smug in ourselves. And we think, well, aren't, aren't we clever all thinking the same thing? And then I started this job. Oh my goodness. And women were arguing with each other. And then afterwards we're going, that was really good, wasn't it? I thought that was, you made a really strong point when you said that. And I thought you, your comeback was really great. And then we'll all go and have a cup of coffee together. That's wonderful. That's how people learn and broaden their minds. And I think sometimes it's a shame and where people who completely misunderstand the point of the show don't get that. That's robust, intelligent debate. That's what it's all about. I completely agree. And I think, I think it's important that we all continue to champion that. We can have the conversation. We can still be friends. We don't have to agree. No, um, not at all. And we talked earlier on about you speaking up and also kind of really talking about what's going on with you personally. One of the things you talked about in, in the book, which was a learning for you, was, was seeking mental health professional support. You went to see a therapist and also other therapists. Mm. And I'm really interested in your point of view on this because I think you mirror quite a lot of people in terms of, I can deal with this myself. I don't need mental health support. That's, that's not for me. Um, and I wondered if you could just share how it was for you. Yeah, happily. And, I'm, and, and this is one of the reasons why I am so open about it because I, I'm a very logical, sensible woman. And uh, you know, if I have a problem, I try and figure out the best way to, to solve it. I, I, I read a lot of self-help books. I, I'm really interested in people who, you know, look at the different ways of thinking about their, their mental health, their spiritual health, their physical health, all, all this sort of thing. And I realized when I was going through what I was experiencing, which was literally reaching burnout and, and breakdown, that this was the equivalent of reading a book on brain surgery and thinking I could do it on myself. You can't. <laughs> there are times when you have, you have to reach outside of yourself and speak to someone who is, who's trained in listening and asking you to, to think about your experiences and answer your questions yourself. They're not gonna answer it for you. So I knew what therapy was, you know, I'd, uh, you know, I'd seen it in the movies, um, you know, I, I, I knew what it involved. Um, I'd, you know, I've been divorced, I've been to marriage guidance, so I'd been to couples therapy in that sort of sense, but I'd never been on my own for a particular issue. And I'm so glad that I did. One of the reasons that I'm so open about it now is because there was a moment on, on Loose Women, I guess a year or so ago, and I mentioned in passing, we were talking about something, and I mentioned in passing that Nick and I had been to therapy. And I said that it was a really uh, productive thing, really useful, so glad that we did it. And the response that I got from the media was horrific, horrific. And it made me so angry because I don't get angry very often. I'm, I'm very much, do you know what? They're going to say what they're going to say. And there's nothing I can do about it. Let, it. let it be, let it go. But I just felt they were doing such a disservice to anybody out there who was experiencing any kind of difficulty, um, whether it was within their relationship or, or what have you, because they would look at all the flack I was getting. I was on the front page of weekly magazines and Andrea in marriage crisis, Andrea in trouble, Andrea in therapy. And I just thought they're going to look at that and think, oh my gosh, this is what people feel about therapy. I better not 
I better not go to that because that's seen as a very negative thing. And I just thought, how many relationships have you destroyed by putting that kind of coverage out? You know, how many people who are suffering with their mental health are experiencing difficult thoughts and they, that they don't know how to handle? They're not going to reach out because they think that woman got slammed down for, for just mentioning in passing. So I, um, I made sure I put it in the book and I made sure I'm, I mention it whenever I'm asked about it with no shame, only joy, because there is nothing to be ashamed of, of asking for help. You know, if, if I fell over in the street and broke my leg, I wouldn't crawl along going, I'm totally fine, <laughs> totally fine, nothing to see here. But people would think I was mad for doing that. And yet it's the same thing mentally. We limp along going, I'm totally fine, I'm totally fine, there's nothing to see. Why not go and visit someone who will help you work through whatever it is that you need to work through? As a, as a country, we really need to change our attitude towards mental health. It is one thing saying, oh, it's good to talk. And, you know, people, they'll bang out slogans going, oh, it's so great now that people are able to open up. That's one side of it. The other most important side of it is that, that there are enough mental health practitioners, that there are enough therapists out there, that they are affordable and everybody is able to get access to it whether it is through a zoom call whether it's it's a facetime chat whether it is is in person that the that kind of lip service that we give to to mental health and therapy now is followed through by actually backing it up and being able to go and see someone it's so so important and i can't thank you enough for saying that because I agree. And everyone at Happiful agrees. It's why we exist, that there is still a stigma. And as you said, there are slogans, be kind, it's good to talk, it's okay not to be okay. But the fact that that's what you were met with in the media compounds those kind of thoughts by many people that actually it's something to be ashamed of, that, that perhaps yeah. they don't have the same strength as someone else, or they can't work it out on their own. And actually, yeah. there's a real power and a real um self-worth and going to see someone and having that help um yeah and on the show notes for this we will share all the different free ways in which you can get support Brilliant. as well as as well as reaching out but you um you also had cbt and you had that on facetime yeah yeah how was that for you incredible incredible cbt was one of these things i kind of heard about it but i didn't really know what it was and uh it was uh, a friend of mine recommended it to me and the the lady that i saw she actually lives in sheffield and i live in surrey so we totally miles and miles apart and um i kept putting it off and putting it off i was like i don't know if this is for me you know how is this going to work and i'd already started having um uh, a normal talking therapy with a really wonderful therapist who lives locally to me. And that was great. But uh, I eventually I went, okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll try one session and I'll see how it goes. So I went into the office at home and I thought, I'll do it on a Saturday. The, the kids were out all day. So I thought I'm, I'm by myself. And I said to Nick, right, don't, don't come in because I, I, I want to feel that I can really be open and, and I have a feeling I might cry. So don't, don't come in. So he was like, fine. He sat in the living room watching the walking dead. Life is great. <laughs> so happy for him. <laughs> I know. So I went into the office, propped my phone up and you know, we FaceTimed. It makes no difference whether it's FaceTime, you know, we could see each other. She could see me. She can read my body language. 
she talked me through what the process was and basically it was a process of tapping and you know and you start off on your on your head and you speak about whatever it is that you feel might be causing you an issue at, at the moment and where she was so good she said just close your eyes and start tapping and tell me the first thing that comes into your head and you know at this point I didn't know what would come into my head so I, I did and it pinged in and I told her and we worked through all the various different you know tapping tapping points and worked down through whether it was a memory or whatever it is worked down and down and down by the time it finished I looked like Alice Cooper I mean literally mascara just pouring down and I had my eyes shut so I had no idea and I was literally like this and uh, when it finished I went I said thank you very much you know and thinged off went into the bathroom went oh my god look at my face I look terrible <laughs> um kind of tidied myself up went back into the living room uh joined Nick told him what happened lay on the sofa and I slept for hours and it was a release the only way I can describe it is it's like normal therapy speeded up because we worked through things I'd never I'd never even considered before with the tapping and going back to well, what's the memory that pops up why do you think that is and why do you think they reacted in that way and now what would you say to that you then oh my goodness all I felt afterwards was so much peace and love towards myself for things that I had felt so much pain for before and I and I let so many things go I'd highly recommend it, it you know and there's a there's a beauty in doing it over zoom or facetime or whatever because you're in your own home and you there's a comfort there you know you're not having to walk out into the street wiping your eyes with mascara all coming down you know that you can do it in the privacy of your own home so actually one of the good things to come out of coronavirus is that more and more people are doing things like this over things like facetime and zoom and that sort of stuff it's actually made it more accessible to people I think so too. I think it really has made it accessible and we're doing this obviously over Zoom and I can see you and we're having a, you know, I talk with my hands. You can see that I talk with my hands quite a lot. You know, you can. I'm having to sit on mine, literally. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. That's, that's why it's always good that I am. Um, no one will see this because it's, it's awful. But, you know, it's amazing what you can do over Zoom. And I think you're right. There's a certain accessibility that we now have and in terms of you know crying and things like that with therapists absolutely they'll be a hundred percent used to that so anyone listening yeah. to this if you are able to you know think think about giving it a go but also look at some of those uh, support groups on our show notes and on the Happiful app because if you're a bit trepidatious just start to read about it and think about yes. how it might help you you don't have to go straight away or, or book an appointment straight away but know that there is no shame or stigma around it and actually listening to you talk about it I, I kind of want to take you everywhere where we have these conversations Andrea because <laughs> because that is the that is the problem unless you talk with your friends or you share experiences it can feel like a very lonely thing to be going to therapy mm. so many people do it and it's so helpful and it's interesting that you say talking about it with your friends I I wouldn't talk about it with my friends because I don't want to burden anybody. Mm. And um, I, and, and I know this, this is, I didn't talk about it with my friends when I got to the point where I 
broke down and had a breakdown because um, I'm, I'm a coper. I'm one of life's copers. I'm the, I'm the woman that when you say, how are you? Like, I'm great. How are you? And I always turn it back and, and ask how you are. And I wouldn't, and I know that everybody's got their own thing going on and everybody's struggling at the moment. So why would I want to put my problems and add them onto your problems? You've got enough going on. And so I would never want to burden anyone. And this is where therapy is a no brainer because then there's, if, if there's, if there's women listening to this who think, Oh, I, th I just feel so bad. Oh, it was going to burden my husband or my friend or my partner or, or whatever. You're going to be speaking to people that they want you to speak to them. They want to hear everything that you're going through. You're not burdening anyone. So do it. And actually, they're going to feel great because they're going to know that they've helped you. You're going to feel great because you've, you've let go of some things or you've worked through some things. Everybody's happy. And again, you don't feel bad for going to the doctor because your leg's hanging off. <laughs> Why feel bad about going to someone who can help you with what's going on in your head? I think you're absolutely right. And I, I couldn't have said it better. I don't think anyone at Hanford <laughs> could have said it better. So we really appreciate that. We're going to move on to your I have, um, mm -hmm. which again is a beautiful one. I have lived fully and deeply. I appreciate every day in the sun, the wind on my face, the embrace of my children. I know that no matter how much pain I may feel in the future, I have overcome it in the past and I can do it again. Tell us more. Do you know... When I wrote that down for you, um, I got re really choked because what's so great about the questions that you've asked me is you've made me think about things that I've never really considered before. And I think it's so important that, that everybody asks themselves these questions. And it's actually such a, 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 a strong thing to do to look at your life and look at, look at the good things that have happened to you and look at the things that you've overcome. I think sometimes when we are in a, in a, in a dark place, all we can see is what we feel that we've messed up or mistakes we've made or decisions that we made that, that have maybe led us to where we are right now. And we just, we just hit ourselves over the head with them all the time. And Actually, we need to stop and, and give ourselves some credit. It's like, you know, going back to the compliment thing again. Just give ourselves some damn credit for the things that we have done well. And also, take a moment to enjoy the things that we enjoy. You know, I, I personally got to the darkest place a human being can get to the moment before they don't exist in this world anymore. And I'm so grateful that 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 moment didn't work, that it didn't happen for me, that for whatever reason, uh, I'm meant to be here right now. And that fills me rather than, you know, I could let myself get overwhelmed by sadness that I got to that point, guilt of what I could have put my friends and family through, but I don't. Instead, I just feel gratitude, and joy and appreciation for every beautiful thing that I experience that I probably would have taken for granted before. And it can be the tiniest, tiniest little thing, like sitting in our back garden 
when there's a little chink of sunshine and I have my morning coffee and I shut my eyes and feel the sun on my face. That's huge because I wouldn't have experienced that. When I'm walking the dog and he's running along and his world is awesome and his <laughs> ears are flapping and he's having this best life and I look at him and I think, I'd have missed that. And I think that it's really important that we, you know, everyone's heard, you know, stop and smell the roses and all that, but we don't think about actually where that saying comes from. And I think where that comes from is we need to appreciate actually where we are right now and where we could be if all of that was taken away from us or we took ourselves away from, from all of this. And so I think for anyone who is listening to this and is feeling that they will never, ever, ever feel light again, you will. You, you will. Sometimes you need to just pause and notice it because it's, it is there. You just can't see it right now. And I want to thank you for sharing that with us because there will be people listening to this who are feeling that way and that will make a difference. And it also makes a difference to know somebody has gone through what you're feeling that you might see in the public eye and think everything is, is rosy, everything is, you know, everything goes to plan. That's not the case for anyone. We all have our ups and downs and, and the lightness will come. So thank you. I really appreciate that. You're really welcome. And I know firsthand how important it is to hear it. And not just in a, in a, oh my gosh, one of these ridiculous Instagram quotes. When you hear something like that from someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about, it doesn't mean anything. You need to hear it from someone who's, who's been where you are looking into the abyss and know that they've pulled back or that it hasn't worked or whatever. Um, and for, I fully appreciate actually the power that I've been given now to pass that message on. And that's why I, I talk about it and I, I don't feel ashamed now. And I think, you know, I, you know, when it shortly afterwards, you know, the, the hours and days and weeks and stuff that followed, never breathed a word of it to anyone. I didn't even tell my husband because I was ashamed. I was so ashamed. I don't feel ashamed now, actually. I feel that I've been given a, a power that I need to pass on to let people know that it, it's going to be okay. It really is going to be okay. And shame can keep you silent. And there is no shame and there is no stigma in getting help. No, don't think, die of shame. We yes. say that all the time. Oh, I could have died of embarrassment. Oh, I could have died of shame. Don't. I'm going to finish with one final question which is, is more a future question about Andrea 10 years from now. So if you could meet yourself 10 years from now and have a conversation, what do you hope she would say to you? I loved this question because it's something I'd never really considered before. There's a bit in the book where I talk about um, uh, what would I want my eulogy to be and for me, that, that was quite powerful in itself because you think about the life that I, you know, I, I, that I've led this far and what people might say about me and also, you know, the life that I, I lead in the future and what people might say about me. I'd never considered what my future self would say to be now, to, to me now. And 
as soon as I read the question, I had this poof, this image in my, in my mind of me 10 years from now. Oh my gosh, she was awesome. She was amazing. She had a tan, so clearly she didn't live here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was so calm and bright and cheerful and kind and knowledgeable and reassuring and warm and loving. And she just smiled at me and said, Is, do you know what? It's all all right. Everything, everything works out and it's all okay. And I really hold on to that because there's, it's, there's such a powerful thing of, you know, I do believe in like uh, visualization and, uh, you know, there's a bit in the book as well where I say, uh, you know, Cinderella says a dream is a wish that your heart makes. Um, and that is so true, but you're the only one that can make your dream come true. So visualizing how you dream your life could be is the first step in working your way towards that and walking your way towards that. So for me, having this, asking this question about what will my future self say to me right now, suddenly I've got this clarity of that's who I want to be. Rather than thinking of things I want to have or, or things I want to achieve, which is what people normally do. You know, what would you like to be and what job would you like to have and where all this sort of stuff. And, um, you know, people tend to think of, you know, I put it in the book in terms of when you think of thrive, what does that mean to you? And people tend to describe an advert for thriving, which is like a fancy car and house and all this sort of stuff. But in terms of that question you asked, you know, who am I going to be? I'm so excited that you asked me that question because now I have this vision of, of the me that I'm going to going to be and it's me Nick's going to be horrified at hearing this I didn't <laughs> dye my hair anymore I let my hair go gray he's shaking his head and I was alone <laughs> <laughs> listen it's your vision no one else has to agree it's with it it's my vision damn it <laughs> yeah no I was really so chilled super chilled and not bothered about being telling Andrea or anything like that. I was just me and I was really, really comfortable and happy with who I was. And isn't that a beautiful thing to aim towards rather than thinking of things. And, you know, this is what people are going through right now with, with coronavirus and, and the terrible situation that the world has found itself in. We're, we're, we're thinking of the things that we've lost and the things that aren't working. But we need to go inside ourselves and think of what bits of us are working. And that's how you fix stuff. I agree. And that is a wonderful, wonderful place for us to end this podcast. Andrea, it has been gorgeous to chat with you. And I encourage everyone, everyone to read your book, This Girl Is On Fire, and to visit thisgirlisonfire.com. And where else can they find you? Oh, I'm on Instagram, Andrea McLean one I like to pretend that it's because I'm number one and it's not it's because Andrew McLean was already taken. Um, <laughs> and that's probably the best place to find me. And also um, official TGIOF is the This Girl Is On Fire handle on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And it's wonderful and inspirational and well worth following. Thank you Thank so you. much, Andrea. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast brought to you by Counseling Directory and Habitable Magazine. As always, please rate, review and share if you like what you hear. 
If you'd like to read more about mental health and wellbeing, visit the App Store and download our Happiful app so you can read the magazine on the go, as well as finding out about therapy, wellbeing and other support available in your area. You can find more information about online counselling and therapists at counselling-directory.org.uk. And if you need to speak to someone immediately, the Samaritans are available 24 hours a day on 116 123. And you can also email joe at samaritans.org. Help is available. This podcast has been produced by Happiful. We hope you'll join us again soon.